Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This time on The Kindness Project, Buzz Bike, Jezza the Dog, and we have part three of our interview with Andy Fearon. Welcome, my friends, to another edition of The Kindness Project. I am joined by a girl who made some new friends today. Friends, it's Charlotte Dames. And I'm joined by a man. He is man. <laughs> His name's Chris Dames. That's it. That's it. I am man. That is my intro. Um, so tell I us. I mean, about... you're the main man in my life, aren't you? Oh, that is so sweet. And we're also joined by the main man in my life. <laughs> it's um, Russell Dames. Hello, main man. How are we doing? I think I was a little sick in my mouth then. <laughs> now you know how I feel. <laughs> We are joined by my sugar pie, honey bun. What? Uh, <laughs> Dames. Um, you saw what are you talking about yeah. me? Yeah, exactly. Sugar pie, honey bunch. I know that I love you. Um, Please still be talking to Russell. I am. Um, anyway, <laughs> Russ, how are you? We are going through... Um, come on, how are you? I'm doing all right, thanks. Well, in the Dames house at the minute, we're all suffering... Suffering, that used to be a word. Suffering from what colds and flus and toothaches and all sorts of good stuff. I'm, I'm quite lucky. I don't see many people, so I, I get to miss all the flu and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm seeing a lot of people in the minute and seemingly catching everything apart from COVID. Um, I, I, think, I think that's the trouble with not seeing people for two years. Your immune system... Your immune system so awake. Well, I'm gonna dose myself up with a, a lemon drink. Um, Lemsia. Other lemon drinks are available. Other medicinal lemon drinks are available. Um, but I'm gonna dose myself up, and hopefully, I will feel better soon. How you doing, my little sugar pie? Have it well, You know, I love you. Appalled by that nicknaming <laughs> system. <laughs> so, what's going on in your life? So, it's about your friends. Jezza, the dog. Jezza, the dog. Yeah. Right. So you can't just say a name of a dog and that explains <laughs> the entire story. Friends. Tell us the story behind Jezza, the dog. Basically, we all swarm around Jezza, the dog, and now we've we've got like a group chat. Right. So again, again, <laughs> you've mentioned this dog <laughs> like he's just wandering around the streets and a bunch of teenagers are just following. <laughs> Do you want to explain the context? Of Jez and the dog. My college has a dog. Right. That, that they break out on Mondays. Where do they keep in the rest of the week? I think he's one of the reception staff's pets. Right. So they, the college brings out a dog on Mondays, um, and then everybody goes, Ari's cute. Yeah, and then we swarm around him, and now we have a group chat. And now you've got Jez and the dog's got his fan club. Do you reckon Russell should have, have his own fan club? <laughs> what, would, what would you call it, Russell? The Russell Dames fan club. What do you reckon, Russ? We had the Satsuma fan club once. We did have a Satsuma fan club. Yeah. We've spoken, spoken about it on the podcast before. Yeah. I reckon the Russell Davis fan club could have at least... It's got many cult possibilities. Ten members. What cult possibilities? Every every group or I'd like to I'd like to see a bit of Russell Davis fan fiction. That's what I'd like to see. What do you reckon? No. 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 We're not having that. No. How about a bit no. of Charlotte Davis fan fiction? 
No. Okay, we're not doing that. All right, end of. Um, and can I just tell you my other news, as nobody else has decided to comment meaningfully on this episode of the podcast, leaving the man who's ill to do all the work. What is going on? I got a bike today, and I, I want to give a big shout out to a company I've used, um, I've had amazing service from this week called Buzzbike. Now, Buzzbike, I'm uh, we've as we've spoken about in the last couple of weeks of the podcast already. We've recently moved offices. We are now in an office which is a bit further away from my house. I now can't walk to work, but I can quite easily cycle to work. But I didn't know what bike to get, and I didn't want to rush picking me a new bike so I thought what do I do and then what do I do um and then a new firm um came up on my Facebook feed uh, they know what we need where I could they know they if they're on the Facebook feed they know um which allowed me to rent a bike for 20 pound a month for a few months um and um I thought I'm going to do that um Twenty pounds uh, a month. Bike got delivered today. Also, it I cycled home. Not to work. No, you, no, you it got delivered after ten. To the you cycled home. Where did you find it? Um. All right. All right. Um. <laughs> you, okay. Are you used to cycling. Uh, I I I got Boris bike or a Santander or a Sadiq cycle the other day um, uh, and that was fine so I can I, yeah, it's like what they say, you never forget how to ride a bike, do you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it is very true <laughs> Can you cycle, Russ? Yeah, I can cycle I can ride a bike, you got a bike? No, I thought the strain on my legs might be a bit too much these days but- I, I too know how to cycle, but um, <laughs> so we all know how to cycle. Unofficial, I would not choose to. Unofficial question of the podcast listeners can you cycle? Can you ride a bike? Why would you cycle when you can just get a bus and you can sit and read for a couple of stops? There is a real, um, I mean, weirdly, we uh, Cassie and I were away for a spa break over the weekend, and there was loads and loads of lycra-clad cyclists in Windsor, where we were staying. They loved a cycle. I, I like think... stationary bikes, but I don't like the moving ones. What's the point of a stationary bike? Exercise. Oddly enough, in the summer, we see a lot of lycra-clad walkers. Like cyclists. Lycra-clad? They're usually wearing lycra, like the... Uh, like trousers and the shell suit, the old new style shell suit tops. Do you like a bit like Russ? No. That's not what Kelly told me. She <laughs> says, she said, you love a bit she of like She's got herself muddled up with leather. What? <laughs> this, this went south quick, didn't it? And moving on swiftly. She said, your like pants are amazing. <laughs> Uh, a bit yeah. tight, you said. A bit tight. I don't think they she are. did. Huh? I don't think she did. She did. She did. I've got leather pants. 
trousers. You've got leather trousers and a pants. Right. Depends on what country you're listening to. If you're if you're listening to this in America, you have got leather pants. If you're listening to this in the UK, uh, you haven't got leather pants, have you? No. no. They're, they're, they're like they're in the they're in like if you just expanded they're shorts. I hate to point out though, I think it's listenership is in the US. So ah. okay, so you might, oh, have, leather pants. Pants. You might have leather yeah. pants. Pants would work. And for you, and, I do have leather pants. Anyway, they're my leather pants. Uh, uh, what Russell gets up in the. Uh, Privacy of his own bedroom with his own light right, is entirely up to him and Kelly. Um, uh, and the fact that there's a hole in a weird place in his life with trousers is, is no concern of ours. Now, I'd, I'd like to point out at this point you know about my adverse reaction to getting dressed for anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. You like you like to be naked. I mean, I think you were a naturist in another life for us. What do you reckon? I might have been. Yeah, uh, yeah. I did that as well with my lanyards. Well, bite it. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever bitten it because I'm feeling ill. You know, I, I don't. What do you? I mean, I, again, we haven't got to the official question of the podcast because we've been too busy talking about Russell's bedroom fetishes. But um, what we, what we, um, uh, unofficial question of the podcast, what do you do to comfort yourself when you're not feeling well? Like, what do you do to make yourself feel better when you're not feeling well? I mean, I firstly, I sleep. What do you do? I grab a book, put on some music, and then sort of lose focus on the real world and <laughs> dive, in, <laughs> dive into a completely new world. I go into a new reality. What do you do, Russ? I'm, I'm the same as you, sleep. Yeah, I'm like a bear. Sleep I need to hibernate. Oh, no, I can't, I can't sleep when I'm ill other than when I'm, like, dragged down. Sort of, well, the problem is when you're bunged up, it's really difficult to sleep, isn't yeah. it? You know, like, but, but, yeah, sleep and then... Stay warm, so I like to stay cozy. I like to put on my le- leather, um, like for pants, um, and um, just chill about around the house. Um, but yeah, Fair enough. Sure, yeah. anyway, that's <laughs> uh, it, it would be weird if I put me uh, put me like for pants and children's somebody else's house, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but Unless anyway, invited you over. <laughs> anyway, um. I was in a bit more of a party mood when I thought about this week's version of the podcast. Because last week, I was listening to a lot of garage music. Now, garage music is the uh, music of my sort of uh, late teens, early 20s, mid-20s. It's amazing, amazing stuff. Um, my favourite garage track, definitely 21 Seconds, So Solid uh, through. Uh, my question, listeners, what's your favourite garbage track? We'd love to hear from you. Raj, you got a favourite garbage track? A little bit of luck. MC Nate, uh, like it. So uh, you can uh, get in touch with us, listeners, using the following techniques. Is 21 seconds the one where they each sing for 21 seconds? 21 seconds ago. I got 21 seconds ago. 21 seconds ago. Right, okay, Twitter. <laughs> Before it gets too carried away. Um, Twitter is at Olokindness. Uh, 
yeah. If you type the kindness project into the search bar in Facebook, we'll come up then. If you type the kindness project into the search bar for Google, we'll come up then. If you want the website, www.thekindnessproject.co.uk. If you want the email, it's all at thekindnessproject.co.uk. And if you want anything else, we don't have anything else. So, <coughs> sorry. Um, if you'd like a pair of um, uh, Lycra pants, as, as promoted on the podcast by Russell, just visit <laughs> russellslycrapants.com. Um, put, uh, put in the discount code. Ross loves Lycra, and you will get a ten percent. <laughs> you will get a ten percent discount on Lycra. I've already told you the discount codes. No teeth, Nelly. Um, <laughs> no teeth, Nelly. Okay, fair enough. Um, how, much, how much discount do you get for no teeth, Nelly? Fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. So use the no teeth, Nelly discount for fifth at least fifteen percent on uh, bigboyslycra.com. I'm sorry. <laughs> Russellslikra.com um, and you will enjoy it. And on that note, and um, before, I mean, the problem is, right, when we do this podcast, we always go, um, we, we tend to find that some of them we map out really well, but because we've all got busy lives, um, we are doing this very late at night and very urgently um it's and it's it's turned in it's it's turned into something a little bit nonsensical but to get back on track Russ is like repentance.com um, <laughs> like um to get back in track i'm going to tell you about a little bit of so uh this is from Sponsored by lugrapants.com. Um, uh, this act of kindness is small. A study finds small acts of kindness can bolster students' health and wellness. Uh, Charlotte, you want to tell us about a that? Small acts of kindness can go a long way, say researchers. No. <laughs> no. I've scrubbed down too far. Right. Sorry, that sounded like a small act of kindness can go a long way. So, no. Researchers <laughs> towards bullshit by column. A small act of kindness can go a long way, say researchers, towards bolstering students' health and wellness. <laughs> Dr. John Tyler Be- Binfett and Dr. Sally Stewart at the University of British Columbia start <laughs> recently published <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do you want to be a professional journalist or not? I mean, Which just go and stop. Well, I'm trying to scroll down to show you a bit more. Let me do it. This ain't no Trevor McDonald news. <laughs> At the University of British Columbia, recently published a study that explores how the inclusion of kindness assignment in an undergraduate course impacted student perception of themselves, their peers, and their campus. While there have been several studies that have assessed the effects of kindness on well-being. There has been limited research into how university age students understand and enact kindness, says Dr. Binfair. <laughs> Thousands of university students returned to Glasgow's Canada in September, and Dr. Binfett notes that while living in the times of COVID-19, every act of kindness goes a long way. We know being kind yields a number of well-being benefits, such as stress reduction action, happiness, peer acceptance, and we know mental health impacts learning. The post-secondary environment is often the last training ground to prepare students for life. So we want to understand that we can prepare students for optimal mental health as adults. 
For this, <laughs> for this study, volunteer students provided self-reports to determine the extent they see themselves as kind in online and face-to-face -face interactions and how connected they felt to their peers and their campus. The students were then asked to plan and complete five kind acts in a way. Week. Participants completed five, 353 kind acts with the main themes of helping others, giving, demonstrating appreciation and communicating. Students have completed at least three of the, these five planned acts of kindness. Self-reported significantly higher scores of in-person kindness and peer connection. Listen, we know, I mean, this isn't a surprise, is it? We know that being kind to other people um, uh, makes you feel better. You know, I, I've said on so many of the podcasts in the past that um, actually kindness is sort of selfish because it does enable you to um, feel better. So the fact that that applies to university students, I think, is you know absolutely relevant and and clear, clearly true. So that is a um, that is a really good uh, part of kindness news um, and. Our last part of the interview with Andy, Andy Fearon, from the Vineyard Car Carlisle Church, bit of a legend of a fella. Uh, if you haven't listened to the first two parts of the interview, please listen to them on the previous two episodes. Let's get on the interview. Now, Miriam then asked her team, does, does anybody remember? And, and you would remember meeting this lady. And people were like, I'm not sure who it was. And part of the thing is, it's so ordinary what we do. So, so another thing, what happens on there, you know, sometimes somebody will come and they're like, wow, this, thank you so much. It's just been so helpful. And then I'll say, or somebody will say, hey, listen, you know, on your street, do you have someone who maybe hasn't been able to get out? And, and quick, quickly people will say, yeah, I know someone like that. And then I'll whisper to them, do you want to become a hope dealer? And they look at me like, what? I said, yeah. Do you want to deal a little bit of hope? <laughs> and they're like, uh, maybe. I'm saying, okay, here's another bag. But if you take this, you become a dealer. And hope dealing changes things. And, and then the, I commission them and go, okay, now you're a hope dealer. Yeah, you're go, bring a, go spread a little bit of hope, spread a little, little bit of kindness. And it's just beautiful when Love you it. see people coming who are needing a bit of courage, then yes. become the hope dealer themselves. Yeah, and 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 just, and, and I, I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? You just getting more and more people involved in that project then, because I, I believe, you know, it, it's a really interesting thing, isn't it? You know, doing a bit of good and helping people where you can, makes you feel better psychologically oh, yeah. and it's great for your own mental health because you know that you're contributing to something bigger than you um oh, and that's, I think that's, if, yeah. If, yeah no sorry to interrupt i feel like if people are saying hey i'm struggling a bit with my mental health i'm like who isn't yeah yeah let let let's serve someone let's and i'm not saying about just activity because it you know we do need that space but yeah oh yeah living yeah. a life bigger than our own yeah, got to be done. Got to be done. Now, what I've loved, Andy, is the enthusiasm and passion. I think that comes across in spades. Um, not only about the work you do, but also about Carlisle. So tell me, I mean, I know you're going to sell it, mate. I know it's going to be amazing. Tell me why Carlisle is so special for you. 
Well, Carlisle's interesting for a couple of different reasons. It's a little bit like, and I'll say this carefully, it's a little bit like Chester. In regards to, I don't know if you've been to Chester or people, the listeners have been to Chester. It's people on the edge of Liverpool, isn't it? Uh, yeah, like, well, but kind of. And, between and Liverpool like, and Wales. It's kind of like a beautiful and um, historic place. Right. And it's a little bit like the same ingredients are in Carlisle, right. which are in Chester, but it's like Chester have really celebrated them. So there's, a, there's an industrial feel to Carlisle. I mean, Carlisle is the most besieged city in the UK. Okay. It used to be the capital of Scotland. It used to be the capital of England. It's in the borders. So it's mm. known as the border city. And and part of the thing was we have these border reavers historically who would come to Carlisle to kill and to steal and destroy. So there sometimes can be a bit of a defensiveness with Carlisle and sometimes right. it can be a little bit cliquey about Carlisle. However, when Carlisle drawbridge comes down and welcomes you in oh my word people will have your back at whatever the cost right. like when yeah, people yeah. in Carlisle give their word they will do whatever it takes to keep the word so Carlisle is incredible place historically but I'm way more excited about the future it's perfectly lo located like if you were to sell a house in London Man, and move to Carlisle, you can live just about anywhere and have a holiday home too. But would you let me in? Because it, it sounds like this drawbridge is. <laughs> it, it just, I feel part of my role is just to put a bit of oil on the drawbridge and it's coming down quicker. It's coming down quicker. Love that. Absolutely love that. Um, and I, 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 I suppose, yeah, as you say, you know, that, you know, the Kindness Project is about optimism, is about the future, is about making stuff better. And I can tell from you already that you've got big plans for the future. Tell me a little bit about those. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what, when I heard this thing, I thought, oh, that helps me understand Carlisle. Years ago, they used to bring breakfast cereals to Carlisle. Right. And I'm like, what? And they were like, if it can work in Carlisle, because people might not want to try something new, but they said, if it'll work in Carlisle, it'll work anywhere. Yeah, because of that sort of reticent to take the next step, right? Yeah. Okay. And then, and then I, sp I suppose, I suppose, do you think that it's taken more encouragement to get your project running in Carlisle? And does that does that make you optimistic now it's started to sort of have a bit of a sort of a rolling effect, and yeah, a bit of momentum? I mean, my wife says I'm a pathological optimist. <laughs> yeah. And I took it as a compliment because I'm a pathological optimist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and listen, this certainly, I'm not the first. I mean, we I did not invent generosity. I didn't invent kindness. I didn't invent um, community. I didn't invent projects. But when you, people see Give A Day, because the thing about Give A Day is everybody wins in Give A Day. Say, for example, Chris, you say to your um, business, hey, guys, we've got one day. We want to bless and we're going to. We're going to be part of this give a day thing. And you say to your team, which charity really matters in your heart? And they may say, well, is this a, is this a school? And they do incredible things with kids who are just facing 
constant difficulties. And then you're like, somebody knows someone who works at a building supply company, somebody you know somewhere works at Johnston Paints, and somebody yeah. knows someone. And then suddenly... You've, you've got, got a connection, you've got a network, and you can do something quite impressive. Yeah. And the charities are like, what? This has happened, no cost to us. Local building suppliers, they've got part of some... So everybody yeah. wins. The yeah. business... I, mean, I always say to people, don't do this to get a name for your business. But you will get work from it because people want to work with people you know. Well, you know, you know what? I mean, for me, for me, you know, one of one of my values as a human, not as a as a business owner, just as a bloke, is do well, do good. You know, if you're lucky enough to have done all right, um, uh, uh, you should be looking at what you can do to contribute to the world. And I know that there's loads of, you know, organisations, you know round table for example and rotary where there's business like members of the business community get together and they're one of their primary focuses is what can they deliver using because what you tend to find is business owners typically are pretty resourceful um so like what what resources can we get access to that can do a bit of good um and it's you know it's it's one of those things where you know again might be a bit selfish i do it because it makes me feel good but helping others you know is just um everybody wins yeah everybody wins everybody and i i always say to to, you know because often when you go and chat to business leaders or different people they think I'm there to ask for money. And I say, listen, I, I, I'm not after your money. Yeah, I'm yeah. after your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, yeah. if I can, and, and what will happen sometimes, I'll, I'll take someone to get them um, to see a property or to see a project, to see a charity. And then their hearts are like, yeah, we've got to make, we've got to do something here. We've got to make this happen. So I'm kind of like working in behind the scenes, behind the, I'm just kind of like a, a, a bit of a matchmaker yeah um making connections yeah, yeah. And, then, and then i suppose i suppose part of the reason why this has worked in color so well is um like from from the sounds of it you've got like the the local authority the local council engaged and then business engaged and and then do you think that partnership in terms of making a, a project work like this is key without partnership nothing happens if this was if we said it at the start seven eight years ago say hey carlo vineyard we want this to be our thing for the city we're going to do give a day to the city man it would have been the biggest flop ever yeah, yeah, yeah. what we said was um give a day isn't something that we do to the city we do it with the city yeah yeah it's building so, a community isn't it so I know I've got a role to play and people will say, oh, Andy, he's the give a day guy. But the reality is give a day has only happened because of people in Carlisle who say, I'm in. I think the interesting thing about this is, you know, what, you know, you know, you can, you know, you know, sort of benevolently give, but potentially the power of this is the purpose you can create in in the guys who feel that they're just turning up for the money? You know, it's that. You know, uh, it's weird when we have you know talking about work. I run a financial planning business. Typically, the sort of guys that we guys and and girls we speak to in their sort of mid fifties and thinking about what's next. And one of the things that we often talk about is the importance of purpose. And you know, you want to feel like you're getting up in the morning and adding value to something. And sometimes when you see people who have 
been less fortunate is you can sense that sort of sense of purpose has been lost a bit and you know getting somebody involved in a project like this can potentially start that set bringing that sense of purpose and and um value back to that individual individual i'm sure you've seen that oh completely completely um you know one of the schools we worked with a couple of years ago um there was a group of lads and they were referred to as the bad lads and i said how about we call them future leaders yeah yeah yeah. and and what we did for one day me and my mate ricky and working with a head teacher at a local school we set them up as a landscape business they're all 14 13 14 and um we set them up as a landscape business and they were called musket the five musketeers landscaping and they pulled off a landscaping job in there and they got an award but i'm not joking i wish i'd measured them at the start of the day and at the end of the day yeah because i'm saying guys there's nothing stopping you leaving school and setting up the five musketeers landscape business and it's just breathing encouragement and it's saying yeah you yeah. can do this but you using that using those energies and actually those skills that they might have learned to apply a bit of focus to something oh. that's going to be a bit more constructive it's so important you know, I've got um, a so, friend, sorry sorry go on, don't tell so me I've, I've got so i've got a friend and he's he's been an incredible support he a guy called roger who actually i knew from years ago and he he's got a brilliant business in the city and he's um, all aboard whatever it is he'll help make it happen and he challenged me once and said Andy look if we were to give um, for example 10,000 to help pounds to help make this happen do you think you could make it into a hundred thousand pounds worth of good work and it's been really good for that challenge to be able to say that so that's our standard if somebody gives a little bit of money, we've got to make it tenfold. Ten times, yeah, yeah. Now, we've got to be careful because somebody wants, we've got some friends from an organization called Ratio. These guys are incredible. And they've come to help us understand a little bit about what Give a Day is, what are the key ingredients and how we can maybe see this happen elsewhere. And the one thing he said once, and it's like the nicest compliment ever. He said, we've seen a lot of different things, but this is the purest thing we've ever seen. And I'm like, oh, so my question is, how do we keep our purity? And money is one of the key things. So too much money would spoil us, but we obviously need a bit of money. But we always say, look, we, we, we want people to be in use initiative. So I've got a friend in business and I say, listen, if you want to give a couple hundred quid, we're going to take that and we're going to put a pound in every kid's hand. And then we challenge the kids, go multiply that pound. And then whatever money you make from it, use that for your give a day projects. And for those who've been overlooked, for those who are unseen and unappreciated yeah. in the city, go do something for them. Yeah. And the kids pull off incredible things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tapping into that um, unused talent, isn't it? You know, the, the, that is amazing. So, Carlisle's got a bright future by the sounds of it, particularly with, with the work that you're doing. If somebody's listening to this and wants to do something in their own town or city, where do they even start? Well, I, I just think they start looking in the hand. What have you got? What's in your hand? What what are you good at? What are you bothered about? Yeah. And um, life's more fun when we do it with others. 
I am um, agreed. I, I love Give a Day, but in one sense, I don't care about building a brand. Yeah. I don't, you know. It's the, it's always the people, isn't it? It's oh, always the people. You know, I I don't. So we're actually this is beginning to happen in a few different. Um, places and a few different cities people are kind of exploring what that looks like um, and we're just helping to resource that in mm -hmm. in that place um, my friend who leads um, does give a day up in air in Scotland he he's brilliant he said um, what I love about give a day is the simplicity of it removes any suspicion yeah. so what I would say to people is what are you bothered about like what? Like, and I think Chris, botheredness. If I could give anything away, I'd give botheredness away because when yeah, people yeah. are bothered, then they do something. Yeah. I would say, look on your street, start in your home. Who on your street needs a little bit of courage? Who needs a tea party? Who needs a street party? Yeah. Who needs a little bit of joy? Start small and then expand it from there. Great tip. And I mean, if anybody wanted to chat to us. You can um, get in touch through caralvinyard.com website or giveadaytothecity.org or um, fire me email. I'll probably forget. I'm rubbish with admin. And then eventually Miriam will call and apologize. <laughs> but when I'm here, right, I'm all so, here. Yeah, so, so um, uh, on that note, uh, can you give us the website address again and where people can get in touch? You on social media? How do people get in touch specifically? Yeah, yeah. So my name's Andy Fearon. So Andy at carlalvinyard.com. That'll be an email that will get picked up at some point within now and, the, and before the year 2054. <laughs> um, but there's carlalvinyard.com website and there's a uh, it tells you a little bit about give a day on there but also give a day to the city.org and we've got some beautiful videos on there if you search on youtube for give a day to the city i mean you'll see also if you search give a day or days of kindness these things happening all over the world yeah and we'll and we'll and we'll make sure that at our end that when this goes out on all of the show notes which you can get access to uh on www.thekindnessproject.co.uk um all of the links to to get in touch with andy and the websites will be on there um andy it's been an absolute pleasure mate i mean i can't we're recording this on a friday morning slash lunchtime i can't think of a better way to to, to spend my Fridays. Um, so thank you for being an amazing guest. Oh, it's been an absolute honour. And I feel like I could chat because I've got so much to learn. We're still learning in this. So, I mean, can I just say one last thing? Of course. For those who are listening and you're in your street, your town, your city, your place, maybe your country, you know, because when we started Give a Day, we said this has to work in the richest and the poorest cities. So we often wait for somebody more gifted, more qualified, more called, more anointed than us. But if you're listening, if you've got an ounce of botheredness, then you're the one. You're the man, yeah. you're the woman for it. And if we can pour some fertilizer on you, send you some resources, whatever, then get in get touch. In touch amazing thank you andy i really appreciate that and you'll have to come on again now mate and let us know how you're getting on 
Oh, yeah, I'd love to, love to. And, and here's the thing, there's so more, there's, there's more stories to happen in Carlisle and the best ideas are not going to come from me. So we're just trying to create a right environment. Yeah, just where... facilitate, right? Oh. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, get it done. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, mate. Speak soon. Bless you, man. Bye-bye. So that's the last part of Andy's interview. Charlotte, do you want to do your bit? Oh, my bit. Tis the end of another podcast. But the end is never really the end. The end is always something, the beginning of something entirely new. Um, and then uh, the last week's question the podcast was, what's the longest period of time you've waited for something? Um, Al McCann said, between idea and execution, I waited 10 years to travel in South America. Steve Dan said, I'm waiting for England to win the World Cup in my lifetime. Still waiting. Jade Forrester Jarrett said, three years to my wedding goes so quick. I want all my life to see Gen- Genesis, um, uh, but seeing them next week if he makes it. And the weird thing is, when Jade said that, she was due to see Gen- Genesis, but they got COVID and cancelled. So I'm hoping that she she does get to um, see them. Judy Wedge said, I've waited so long to see Queen, postponed twice, rolling on 2022. Ilias Oub said, I've been waiting to upgrade my camera for two years. Does that count? Steve Chilton said, uh, a refund on a cancelled Ryanair flight. That was in September 2018. I'm still waiting. Um, And Robert Kingett said, I'm still waiting for West Ham to win a trophy. And on that note, my friends, have a lovely week. Hopefully we'll see you in bed health next week on The Kindness Project. Bye. Bye. Bye.